from VinePair's New York City headquarters. I'm Joanna Sherino. In Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And still at Hacienda Patron. <laughs> I'm Adam Teeter. You say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> no, today is, today is the competition. We have a winner, but I can't tell you. Still there. Um, <laughs> I can't tell you because uh, there's going to be a big announcement and all that good stuff. But uh, but yes, there is a winner. The cocktails were amazing. Uh, it was super fun. Judging cocktail competitions is a lot is a blast. Is a real blast. Seems and tough. It is because everyone's so fucking talented, <laughs> um, and so it's just it's really it's really challenging. But uh, but yeah, it was a it was a real blast. And uh, nice. now you know I get to fly back to the USA <laughs> for a little. While. It's been great to be here for a little <laughs> while for for three days. Well, to New York for three days, and then I have to. I'll be I'll be coming live from uh, from Napa, California next week. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, it's been a it's been a really great experience. But um, today for Friday, because it's Friday, we're going to talk about some spritzes, mm. uh, but not just any spritzes, wine spritzes. So wine seltzers. Uh, so we're seeing a lot like this proliferation of seltzer happen across, you know, all categories. But the one that seems like no one's really talking about that could be this sort of I don't know way in that's you know not spirit based, not malt is wine. And there are a few people who are making wine seltzers, um, some making it really well, some making it not so well. We have an interview with a celebrity later in this podcast who is making a wine seltzer himself. Um, have either of you had wine seltzers before? Yes. I have tried a couple of them. Um, well, for too. one, I guess it depends. We would consider Ramona in this category, right? Yes, 100% yes. Ramona yeah. in the category. So, so it's not just canned wine. It's not just canned sparkling wine. It's with – flavors and other things added yeah, to yes. it. So Ram- Ramona, I would think, I would actually argue Ramona was the first pretty Agreed. well-known wine seltzer. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, unless you want to talk about, you know, like the previous era of uh, whatever wines, not they weren't called wine seltzers, but you know, whatever, wine coolers and things wine like that, coolers. which kind of fit into the same vague category. Yes. Uh, Joanna? Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly the same. I've had Ramona. I've had a few of the other I guess a few of the others. I, I think like Sprit Society is also maybe one um, that has passed through the office. Um, so, yeah, but I, I haven't ever really purchased a wine seltzer or wine spritz outside of work. So I've had a lot of them and I don't think many of them <laughs> They're your favorite good. drink, actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't think many of them are very good. I think mm-hmm. a lot of them, including the ones that have been mentioned, are mm-hmm. pretty bad, actually. I think they use cheaper wines. Okay. Uh, I think the flavorings clash with the wines. Um, I think they don't know what they want to be. And so I've yeah. generally generally been very suspect of wine seltzers. Because they're sweet. They're very sweet, I think. They're usually very sweet. Sure. I think that like no one's trying to do what seems to be obvious, which is just like how do you take wine as the base and basically recreate flavors of like an Aperol-esque spritz? Right? How do you do something that is a little bit more, I don't know, botanical, things like that? Is that everyone's like, we're going to take wine and we're going to throw peach on top of it and we're going to make a peach wine seltzer. So we're going to have to use a lot of sugar and a lot of artificial flavors or, you know, derive from natural flavors, flavorings to make this. And they never are very good. And I just, I often wonder if like the wines, because they also already have personality, aren't the best canvas of which to then layer these traditional seltzer flavors. Like the only seltzer that I've had that I like is the one we're actually going to talk about with our guest in a second. Um, right. The other ones I really haven't. And I think it's because 
they don't try to play along with the wine. They try to like just use the wine as the alcohol delivery system. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. I think the one that we had for this particular um, recording, they actually were thoughtful about like, this is a white wine. This is a rosé, you know, and I feel like the other, the other brands that we've talked about, it's just, it's just wine. It's not really, it's just like, it's the base and there's a very singular base there. And look, I think there's a way, you know, the way that these seltzers get made, which I think a lot of people don't realize, besides potentially we didn't really truly get into the way that um, the seltzer we'll talk about in a second was made, is, you know, they're all made at flavor labs. So you go down down to a flavor lab and they're like, cool, give us the base, whatever base you can get your hands on. So then your job is the, the entrepreneur is you either let them source the wine for you or you say, hey, I got a line on really cheap, I don't know, Gewürztraminer or really cheap, I don't know, Suave coming in from Italy because I want to say that it's Italian wine. And, but I want it to also taste like watermelon. And then they just kind of like mess around with it until they can get you a, something that tastes of watermelon with your base. But like they're not trying to do anything that's complimentary at all. And that's why like I, I think that they're, the, the seltzer – this wine base fails so much because while yes, wine is like a natural alcohol based product and it has all the things people want to circle on with the health halo, et cetera, the flavors don't work together. Vodka works because it's flavorless. So that's why like the high noons are so good because then they can just concentrate on the flavor. So yeah, I just, I kind of think that in a lot of wine seltzers, like why bother? Well, and I think the important question here is kind of like, is the person who's looking at this category, are they a seltzer drinker or a wine drinker, right? Right. And not that those things are mutually mm-hmm. exclusive, but is what's drawing them into the category, they like seltzers and they think that wine is a healthier base than malt liquor. Okay. But then you have that problem that you described, which is like flavor-wise, there is a bit of a clash and you know sometimes the wine seltzers carry a higher price tag, et cetera. If they're wine drinkers, then I think you can do what you guys described with some of the with some of these possibilities, which is look at the flavors that are already extant in the wine and try to, you know, kind of uh, complement them or amplify them without kind of going too wild. But that brand, that type of drink might just naturally have a smaller audience because, you know, um, I spoiler warning, I don't depending on what time uh, when the piece runs, I wrote a piece that kind of very tangentially touches on this uh, for the site, but about how kind of skittish wine people are producers consumers etc about any kind of adulteration to wine adding yeah, anything to wine right totally. you see this when you see every now and then someone's like it's actually okay to add ice to wine which yes it is it's okay to add <laughs> seltzer to wine like just like you know not alcoholic seltzer just like seltzer water to to wine yes it is it's okay but so many people think about those th- as wine as a sort of sacrosanct beverage that nothing should ever be done to it that I wonder if the the wine drinking public will kind of generally spurn these things because they think well, why would I want, you know, wine plus, you Grapefruit. know, all these, yeah, all these other flavors, mm-hmm. um, even though I think that in some cases, um, and I'll push back a little bit, like, I think like the Ramona drinks are actually quite good. Like they, they work with the flavors of the wine to some extent, although I think they are more, more about the flavors than they are about the wine, mm-hmm. but they're not uh, sort of assertive or offensively in your face the way that like a lot of the seltzers we've tasted on the podcast are. And so there, I think there is a spot for these. I just don't know if it's the biggest you know, segment of the, of the seltzer market, because that's always, I think, going to exist in the realm of like big, bold flavor lab kind of products. Yeah. I think, I I think the, the market for these is really interesting to me as well, because part of me wonders why a lot of them have flavors at all. 
instead of just going with like a sparkling wine seltzer situation. Yeah. I mean, I think it's because they think that that's what people are looking for. Right. And I think the only way to do it well is you either have to mock a true Aperol spritz or the, or that kind of flavor, right? Where you're having, you basically make the wine taste almost Amaro-esque or vermouth-esque, if that makes sense, guys. And then you, you know, like, so you, and then you add the, the, the seltzer water to give it sort of like a, okay, I could, if I close my eyes, I could be drinking this. But then I think you run into the same issues that we discussed last week with the Campari Negroni, which is like, okay, but like, then why would someone just not buy the app, the canned Aperol spritz product? I guess the alternative being that like you can claim yours is more natural, better for you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you, yeah, you just make like a sparkling wine. Um, I, I, I think the ones that have always been so weird to me are the ones that are like mango or orange. And I'm like how you have to find the most flavorless wine and be able to, in order to be able to pull this off. Mm-hmm. And often that is very hard to do because almost all wine does have some sort of character. And even if it's just high acid, right? And it just it's it's they're usually kind of a failure. There's usually something weird in the aftertaste of them. I find that is just not pleasant, and it's not like the aspartame aftertaste of the malt beverage. No, no. It's just a weird kind of like sour. I don't know. Like I don't want to drink this type thing. Which then goes back to like then who are these for? Well, unless you're just like, you know, as you said, if you're looking for a base that is doesn't have that sort of aftertaste, but skirts the challenges that, you know, uh, of spirit based seltzer faces in terms of taxation and all that stuff. I mean, I can I can see a sort of argument in some on a production side, maybe for why um, a wine base is valuable or viable, but then it seems very strange to lean into that as a part of your marketing. If you're essentially looking for the most, the sort of least flavorful wine you can find, like kind of, why are we, why are we talking about this? But again, like so much in this category, you know, I I almost wonder if like, you know, it's hard for the three of us who want generally different things out of our beverages to kind of like understand who, you know, I'm sure there's focus group data that says like, there is an audience for this kind of stuff. I just, I'm not sure I can connect to what, that is. Yeah. And I also think that there's at this point, there's probably a, a range of different ones available right now for everybody. For sure. Depending on what I you think want. So. Yeah. I think so. Well, why don't we uh, sit down and talk with lead guitarist for the Strokes, Albert Hammond Jr., about why he started Jetway? Sounds great. So do we, you know, is it Albert, Albert Hammond Jr.? Well, I mean, don't say Albert Hammond Jr. the whole time. I think it's going to be, <laughs> no, just it's gonna be a mouthful. <laughs> what do you imagine, think about that, Albert Hammond Jr.? Imagine if you required that. Uh, no. That would be terrible. You can't, you can't you This like guy. A-H-J. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, you can, I mean, you could do that. Albert is fine. I mean, if you're going to introduce me, sure, you can say my full name just in case. Might help someone... No, maybe know who I am, whereas just Albert. <laughs> Though there aren't a lot of Alberts, so my grandfather was Albert. Sure, but <laughs> that's about it. that wasn't okay. That's not my point. There are other Alberts, but I'm just saying. In you know, I just can't think of uh, any right now in pop culture who would who would be 
sure there's Albert King, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't think anyone's thinking when you say Albert that that's <laughs> yeah. who you're talking to. <laughs> I think for this context, it yeah. makes sense. Well, it's awesome to have you in the studio. Um, it's great to be here. Thanks for joining us. Like a little candy land. Yeah. <laughs> candy <laughs> land of booze. It is, actually. It has a lot. Um, and we have your, your two new jetways in front of us. Yes, we um, do. So are they new or this is, this has been a, they've been, a, they've been available for a year? Um, no, not even. In San Diego, they launched end of October. Okay. And then, uh, California was like a soft launch in end of November, December, but the launch party was February, mid, mid February. So it's, cool. so it's new, pretty new. Yeah. Still. Yeah. It's very new. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's a little less new for me because the, idea of it started like 2017 Mm -hmm. so it's been you know percolating yeah i talked a lot about it Mm -hmm. interesting (laughs) so yeah so i mean obviously uh lead guitars of the strokes solo artists as well um you have (laughs) probably gotten to to drink lots of really interesting things throughout your career why a wine seltzer how did this idea come to you in 2017 of course um it doesn't come like name wine seltzer yeah. i don't think seltzers were even even existed when um when uh I, you know i thought of doing something and the idea was more it's hard to explain a nugget of an idea it's kind of almost meaningless when you go back to it because it's just it's like falling in love right you don't really you can't explain why you're willing to do crazy stuff <laughs> for someone <laughs> yeah. you just hit you in a certain way. So I, I just had an evening in in Italy with a friend of mine with Aperol Spritz and I was just like I was like, how come there's nothing canned like this? I thought mm-hmm. there was things I wanted to change, but I was like, this feels I know it's old fashioned, but to me because I never had it, it felt modern in the sense that it was uh, lighter in alcohol and we consumed many but were still very social. Mm-hmm. And I was just like you know, I felt like there was uh there's gotta be people like me who in this age group, I don't know where you wanna put it because it's such a you know, I don't wanna give anyone like there's no rules to it, but in whatever age group I feel like yeah. I'm in right now. <laughs> um where like, you know, you might have a family or or somewhat settled down or you have a you have a, you know, wife or a kid, but you you, you didn't die. You know what I mean? You still wanna like interact. You, you wanna live if anything <laughs> But if anything, you're at, you're more social than you were when you were younger. Yeah. But just like it's different. It's a it's it's a it's a better version in in my opinion because I think it was a little sloppy uh, and just you know crazier when I was younger. And now it's, uh, it's I just felt like just I, like I maturity. You know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I just wanted to create something for that space. And so I you know the Aperol Spritz. And I kept thinking, man, Shandies. And I just thought like I always like to. So immediately I thought, I want to compete against beer. I know I sound like <laughs> I jump no, it's when fine. I'm talking of like old ideas because it's uh, they're just like uh, little reference points and I'm leaving out everything. I'm doing a lot <laughs> with my hands right now that no one can see. <laughs> um, that sounded wrong, but uh, <laughs> just, you know, very expressive. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So that was that's where it stemmed from. And then it just as the name came about. And this idea of, of golden age of travel and the look and uh, the live your adventure. And then the flavor started to come about from, uh, I grew up with, uh, my mom's from Argentina. So there's the, uh, the mate reference and, um, my parents' best friends were Japanese. And so I grew up with a lot of Japanese food 
in my life, like almost as a main food. Like even Thanksgiving might might have had shabu shabu at it as opposed to a turkey. So oh, that's great. Yeah. So it just it just started to, you know, it would take all those things and it started to bubble while I was failing at trying to make it. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and so when you thought about trying to make it, did you did you know who you wanted to work with initially? Oh, like? God. No, that's what I'm saying. I just I was like. I want to make a drink. And then everyone was just like, I don't even understand what that means. Why? And I would explain this stuff. And I would just, it's like when I was a kid and I wanted to be in a band. I just like, I want to be in a band. I don't know how I'm going to find people I want to play with. I don't know. But I, but just the, the going back to falling in love, the idea of it was so strong that you just keep, you keep persevering. And then eventually just things opened up. The way I met Ben Parsons, who helped me put this together is is insane you know what i mean like i lived in new york 2019 i moved to la and in the process of moving i i was i did this short film that i wasn't supposed to do someone dropped out and they asked me to do it and the person who played my wife i became friends with and started surfing with her and one of her friends on a day i wasn't supposed to go did something with coconut water and I was telling him my drink idea and he was like, I have a friend of a friend who you should meet. Mm -hmm. I met him and he was like, oh, let me introduce you to Ben. And I met Ben and we just started talking like sixth graders with a crush about an an idea and kind of like disrupting the market and creating something, um, you know, no offense to seltzers, but they're clear, cheap booze there to just, you know, get drunk and they don't pair with anything they're just like how much can i get to get high basically (laughs) and so like i just thought like i feel like that category has been fighting to get room since i was a kid since the 80s with wine coolers wine spritzers zima mike's hard lemonade who weirdly does um that other terrible seltzer yeah (laughs) and i was just like why can't there be a category for people like myself people in my age group people want to take something like this to a dinner party or picnic or to the beach and that you know and uh and it's a little more romantic and elevated and tastes good and and it's it's um it became more of a a lifestyle idea than than even a drink you know it's like uh yeah i don't know where i was going but <laughs> you mentioned well you mentioned that so you feel like this is an alternative to like hard seltzer, but you mentioned the beer thing before, and I'm curious. Well, because I that. think I think the category can and will compete with beer. I mean, like my goal is I was watching football, and I was like, I want this to be there. But you didn't want a beer. You want the option? No, I will. I just feel like that is to me. It felt like the next step. Mm-hmm. I love I love beer. I think this in that environment would actually be more enjoyable. Because there's a naturally uplifting effect from the mate. It's lighter on the stomach, so you can down more. It's It may be something that has to trickle, I don't know from what area, on draft. It's insanely good. And it also it, uh, it has a bit of a head, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and on draft, we make it have a little more. Um, we coined the term tank time when we were canning it because it was just so good, couldn't get enough of it. Um, and so I just started thinking that, I don't know. Everyone's trying to find something a little better, constantly trying to get the median to be a little better. And so I just felt like that's where it would go or it would want to go eventually. 
I don't know. So the goal was always sessionable, right? These are pretty yes. low alcohol, right? Five percent. The whole point was like weed back in the day. You know, you want uh, you want to consume. Yeah, it's fun being social. It's fun to consume with people. Consume stuff with people, not to consume them. <laughs> that would be <laughs> antisocial. Um, and so it just it just felt like. There's something in this drink that the the more you have, it, it just gets to different different stages. <laughs> I know that's so funny to be talking about it like this, but but I feel like it's it makes it possible to continue to hang out and be be very social. I mean, that's how what it was designed for in my head. Like that's mm-hmm. what I was trying to do. And did you always know you wanted to do a white and a rosé? Um, I did not. I did, did not know. I knew it was wine well, we have based. To wait in front of us. I'm gonna open yeah, it. let's okay, open, it. open it. I knew it was. I knew it was um, wine based because of the Aperol spritz. So this is white wine seltzer infused with yuzu, Fijian ginger, elderflower, and yerba mate. Yeah, that's really good. This is the first time we've had it. Mm. Just so you know. Really? Yeah, we wanted to taste it for the yeah, first the time whites, with you. The whites. Um, mm-hmm. The whites, my favorite. It's it's dry. Has a nice bitterness to it. Actually. Yeah. yeah, and Herbal that's note. that's where it pairs well with food. Sure. Like it's like it. Uh, the white is like I always reference it as like an album track, right? You might it might take a while to like it more because it's not the single, whereas the rose is more like the single on radio, which kind of makes sense because rose is just. Yeah. In general, more I like that sure. more <laughs> more popular. But to me, I mean, I think they work well together because one will always change the palette of the other one. Mm. So let's say you had a few whites, and you're just like, I don't know if I want that dryness anymore, that bitter cut. Um, you have a rosé, and it's naturally sweeter, even though there's no sugar in it. This reminds me of something, but I can't place it. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, God's it, tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It has You've tasted them too. Yeah, <laughs> it has that like aperol. Mm-hmm. Yes, going it, on, but yeah, I, I just took a little. I took so a little bit nice. of the sweetness away from. Yeah, it's not very sweet. No, it's not very sweet. Aperol is like aperol is very very sweet, and on on draft, everything is like sharper. Makes it sound like it's more bitter, but it's not. It's like sharper but more subtle. In a, in a can, there's only so much you can do. It interacts with. You know, mm-hmm. metal. It's like sure. you can't uh, you can't escape that. Yeah. The one thing that was awesome working with Ben is we learned he canned wine. He had this company called Infinite Monkey mm-hmm. Theorem, the first people to can wine in America, and it was like he was trying to disrupt the system then. So it kind of worked out that we <laughs> met each other. Um, but the like the sum of all these parts in here, it's better. Than if you would just have the wine or just have the 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 ingredients, and I think that's what makes it so special and work in the can better than if we just can the wine. I mean, yeah, you, and you guys are sourcing really high quality wine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming from Washington State. Washington, Washington State, Washington, right? And so, talk to us a little bit about the name. So, Jetway. How, yeah, where did Jetway come from? Um, it's just something I thought of. I I love I love airplanes. I love travel. Um, been lucky enough to been around the world playing music so i've traveled a lot i'd say um and a jetway is the bridge mm-hmm. f- that you take to get onto the airplane and so i just thought what a cool 
thing to call um, a uh, a drink. It's it's basically a, a gateway to where you want to go. Hmm. I yeah. love that Your first steps of where you want to go, whether it's something in your in your mind or or whatever you're hanging out with people. It's just the idea was. Um, like my time in Italy, I didn't realize it then when the idea came to me, but like my time there, um, your mind pairs moments with stuff. So if you have a really mm. good moment with something, it just immediately wants that thing again to see if you can relive that moment. That's what I did in wanting to even make the drink. Um, so I just felt like I it needed to feel like something that was nostalgic and had a bigger meaning than... Uh, than not at all. Mm-hmm. And how has this experience been like compared to and kind of alongside your professional music career? Like this it, is such a different thing. It's weirdly, weirdly everything is the same. Okay. <laughs> I'm, it's weird. I, I'm, I'm serious. I was like, I used to ride motorcycles on track, right? When you go into a corner, like when you have to hit the brake the hardest to let go, and I'm not great, so I don't want to make it sound like I'm like this professional, but just when you're trying to get faster and you want to hit an apex and trying to find the line, everything is like fractions of a second that you do. And then I stopped doing that and I was surfing and I realized like, oh, getting on the wave is the same thing. The, the moment and the timing is all similar, just in different stuff. This feels like when I, when we started the band. It feels... Like I was trying to look for a record label. Like, uh, you know, I had something that I together, yeah. uh, that I believed in, and and um, really it was very similar. Where it was like getting over the hurdle of a seltzer is hard, especially creating not creating a new category, but creating a new idea for it. An idea, its category is big, but it's been cemented as something cheap, something that a lot of people, the the demographic that I was looking to get, wouldn't get you mm-hmm. know what i mean because it was just it would almost seem like no man i'm not you know i like nice things mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I, want, I want i want the i want the nicer thing for me and so like very very similar just uphill uphill battles i i um i mean it's a roller coaster i did not i had no idea what i was in for still don't really yeah. but it's i the coming up with stuff like the name and I worked with an awesome person named Lizzie Nanute who come up with the artwork. But just even like, you know, the tagline, drink like a seltzer, enjoy like a wine, like thinking of stuff like that, trying to create a category, something that's bigger than myself, bigger than, than um, you know, than me is just, it's so powerful to try to do. It's such odds of failure that it's very exciting. And so how many markets are you in right now? We just started in Southern California. Okay. And we're growing into Northern California and June 1st, uh, Colorado. Okay. Um, which is very exciting. Uh, we are launching with Breakthrough Beverage over there, mm-hmm. which is a big distribution company. So they're very excited to kill it. They think they can tap and cans, a lot of venues, stuff like that. And so if it does well there, then it's easier to go into a Florida or Texas. Right. And are you, have you already had other distributors reach out to you or like, Hey, we'd love to pick this up, but you're just not ready or. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're, I mean, we're a small company. So we're mm-hmm. like, and our investor base, the angel investors who came around, it was quite fascinating how that happened. I'd never asked for money or made a deck and I knew I had to <laughs> yeah. make something like that. And I've more presented it to friends of mine, 
um, like, um, what do you think? This is what I was trying to do. Like, I wasn't yeah. selling them. I, f- I always find that if you like sell someone too hard, it's very easy for them to say no and it stops. So mm-hmm. I feel like let them experience it and see what they come back with before I ask any questions. Sure. Because uh, there's no, you can keep asking if you don't ask yes or no, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have to right. let them say it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that again. Jesus. That was a long walk. I, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's, no, that's fine. I mean, you walked all the way here from Tribeca. We're, we're up in the Nomad, so yeah. all good. Um, but yeah, so I you guess, asked me something, and I was answering it, and then I got lost. Well, in terms of just, just so you know, this happens to me all in good. everything. In a good way. I think I just get zoned out in a good way. Like, I get excited, and then I forget where I originally started from. That's if you had people coming, like, reaching out to you yeah. for oh, distribution. Yes, for sure. We started, yes. Uh, and that, Right. That's why I said small company. We just kind of want to grow it. I want it to be global. The idea was to see the the bird and the logo <laughs> on a Formula One car one day. You know what I mean? Like that's cool. Like Love that's that. uh, I, well, I mean, it's so funny. I just were you a Formula One fan before Drive to Survive or <laughs> yeah, of course. So, and, <laughs> and, well, and, like and racing Moto, and, and stuff. And, yeah. and, <laughs> and MotoGP too. Uh, <laughs> but it's just like um, yeah, no. Drive to Survive made it made it made it fun because the ca- you know the characters are. Amazing. So it makes sense that that worked. But I don't know when things were falling into place. It's fun to dream big. It's not like, oh, I'd love to just, you know, be in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost it's easier to dream an impossible dream and then start small and know where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Kind of the idea. We're in Disneyland now on tap. That's on cool. Tap, in California yeah. Adventure because cool. Disneyland doesn't have alcohol, but it's right next to you mm-hmm. know. They do it on on purpose, probably. Um, walk further around the park, yeah. <laughs> uh, like which is fun. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a perfect drink for. Uh, right now, they have the rosé. It's a perfect drink for Disneyland, just because it's almost designed, yeah, for it. Hot all day drink to kind of like hang out at an amusement park. You know? Yeah. Actually, how involved are you in like the actual development of the the liquid? Very involved. Yeah. I mean, the flavors were stuff that I wanted to do i didn't know the combinations and mm-hmm. so when we went up to four feathers it was a genius of a guy up there named uh mckinley and he, we would put stuff together and it was very hard we spent like two days on the white because it was it was just very subtle differences one thing i wanted to add that didn't work out because of the cans was they put a little bit of salt mm-hmm. in one of them and it was so good opened up different flavors um as salt does but it would eat away at the can interesting that makes sense actually yeah Yeah. but it's it was it was amazing we plan our goal is to actually have like wine bottles we think in restaurants would be quite cool to start say you're waiting for a party you just get a bottle two of these and you just have it in glasses it's very easy starts you up gets you excited to to go have dinner you know, it can be used as an aperitif. Uh, we even had a... Why can't I think of their names now? It's such a... Hendrix Gin, the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the company that... Something Hendrix Sons? Is, uh, bra- is William Grant. William, William, yeah. yeah they Thanks, made, Tim. They made mixed drinks for us for the launch party oh, where awesome. they used the, the white with gin and the rosé with tequila. I bet the white with gin would be really good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And it, it was the cucumber. It was... It was uh, we have the recipes... On, the on our newsletter and maybe on site. We can send it to you. So you yeah, can. that would be cool. I'd love to try it. Um, they made them so good. I mean, this, again, this this tastes really great on its own. 
but you could sure. But it, it was more just like to show the versatility. If yeah, you got yeah. it on tap at a bar, look, you could put it over ice, put it in a glass. You can mix it with hard alcohol. You know what I mean? It's not. It was just. Uh, it was fun to explore. Yeah, that it goes with the pairing of like food and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. Is there any talk to you? Just because, you know, one of the things we talk about are a lot. Are we opening this one? Oh, yeah, we definitely are. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, the rosé. I, jump I, jump I jumped ahead. I jumped ahead. Definitely get the peach in here as well. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Big really. peach. It's delicious. It's really good. Yeah, a lot of people, I mean, this is like the... But there's oh. no caffeine in here from the mate, right? I mean... There is. That's because Joanna's jittering a little bit. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I was just wondering no, because no, I know it's... No, no, there is, my, yeah. but I, I don't... To give you the precise percentage, I don't remember, but it's not, it's not like, um, that's why we say naturally uplifting. It's, it's very subtle. Alcohol is a downer anyway, so it's right. not, it doesn't, it's not going to overpower that, but there is like, it might even be, what's it called when, a placebo effect when you know, but it is like a, as you have more, there's like a naturally uplifting thing to it, sure. but it's not like uh it's not caffeine, caffeine. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's not a cup of coffee. Yeah, you know, no, no, no. Or an espresso. It's something like I forget what it is. It's like fifteen grams per liter or whatever. You know, very. Yeah, don't very quote small. me on those numbers. <laughs> I just want... But I, I feel like the mate is like very subtle. Yeah, like yeah. you can't really get the subtle uh, mate from it. Very. Yeah. So one of the things we've talked about a bunch, you know, on the podcast, also what we've written about for the publication is. There's, there's definitely a lot of people who are coming into alcohol from other careers now. A lot from, obviously, I know, it's such a bummer. Yeah, I know. Well, but, but I think what's interesting... Just fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Stop doing it. But one of the things I think was interesting that you said is that you're extremely involved. I think that's a rarity, actually. Well, but, it's my... It's not like I wasn't... No one came to me to do... Why would they come to me? I'm a guitar player in a band. You've got to be at least a lead singer. Uh, <laughs> No one, no one, uh, or a singer. I don't know why I said lead singer. It's usually a singer in the band. Um, yeah, no one, no one came to me. It was like just a dumb idea of wanting to make a, wanting to make a a beverage, uh, or it's it was for me. I wanted to make yeah. it. I wanted to have it at home. When I had the idea, there wasn't that many, and now there's so many, and I'm like, oh man, I don't want to be that person. But I truly think I can make this company bigger than myself in the sense that I don't need to exist in it. I could go away and you would never know I was there. And that's the point. It's just that right now it's fun and quirky to have me involved in the, I don't know if you've seen the different ads I did. I have. Yeah. So I was like, you know, and thinking of different ways to make the investor family that really feels like a family. Like we don't have like, didn't raise a lot and there wasn't like, there's no VCs. So it's just like, a family of interesting people, creative people, um, lifestyle people, really, um, involved. Are you doing market visits currently? Like, are you going out and helping get yes. the liquid placed certain places? I don't. It's like I won't do the day-to-day just because it right. would be impossible. But I've definitely gone to meet uh, big accounts or, or help close other accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I know I know a lot more about the business yeah, than I ever crazy, thought. Right? I, yeah, ever thought I, I would. I, I I I actually get excited to meet the distributors too, like and see the people who mm-hmm. sell. It's kind of it's exactly like a record label. So you go and a label, you go and meet people. They don't know you, right? Mm. 
and you try to just be a human in front of them because then they have some reference point of you. Not everyone, A, can be a fan or of whatever you're doing, or even if they are a fan, might not just connect to it. And when they see another human being, there's a, there's a connection there. So it's you basically do that. You're just trying to say, like, hey, I'm like you, <laughs> trying to, like, figure something out. This is my drink. This is my story. This is what I'm trying to do. See if you can get them excited about it. And th- that that part's really fun. I, r- I really, I would do that, you know. Once we dominate the world, I'll still do that. <laughs> I, lo- I love that you keep talking about domination. I mean, do, have you thought about really where you want? Th- I mean, obviously you want to be national, I assume, international. Yes. Um, you know, once that happens for a lot of these brands, bigger companies come calling. Like, have you thought about all of well, that? Well, they come for sure, but they come calling, at least in my opinion, if you get there, it's nice because y- you won't have the infrastructure. To ha- having the yeah. infrastructure right. is so hard, and that's why bigger companies step in because – they can just put you into their system and all Facilitate of a sudden everything the drops. The yeah. drop of cans, the, the cost of cans, I mean, the, the the shipping it to places. Ideally, no, I would, you know, it'd be great to to build it. Yeah. I I was excited to build something and have it, see if I could grow it, have it be something successful, but not solely to just sell, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Like, you know... Sure, it's fun to like. It's fun to to succeed and have someone want to come and get you. But as like, I want it. I want. I want to still be a part of it. I want to mm-hmm. help create. There's new flavors I want to do, colors for the cans. There's limited edition cans I want to do with other pairing with other wine companies or. Oh, interesting! So yeah, I that's feel cool. like that'd be fun to do. There's a lot of cool color. Com- I've, I have endless color combinations and can ideas be fun to do with different flavors and then i also i mean i feel like they're already making it i stopped saying it and maybe like someone will will do it but that's okay i i really feel like uh sake is the next step for this the version really? of this because i feel like you got the white and the rose i'd want to make a red sure like a lambrusco because i thought that'd be fun or something like that in sigria form mm-hmm. um but i feel like five percent sake with like different flavors i think is would be uh, a game changer it's wine but it's uh and the high is very different so it's very just, uplifting actually, yeah yeah na- yeah natural like that too it is a very yeah it's very very yeah, uplifting. You, you feel like you're floating yeah you're exactly so it's like <laughs> I, I just felt like had colors for it i, I like didn't talk about it because i was just like oh, i don't want to tell anyone but I was like, no, y'all save it for a podcast where no one will hear. <laughs> no one will Sorry. listen. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. I feel like it's still like ideas are out there. It's like how you, it's how you execute, how you execute it, what you put inside, what's, what's going to make it different. And I feel like, uh, I think we still have that. So, um, if anything, great, go make other versions of it and let me beat it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. I, I see I see it in two parts, right? There's this liquid and then the the cans and the art and the color mm-hmm. are a whole thing too. And you imagine like I don't know if you've seen the four pack box. Yes. It's like a presence. Imagine those stacked. It looks like a checkered flag when you put them just for racing. But you can just do so many different color combinations and just vibes and then like even like get a bigger case for it it just it feels it feels so fun there's so many fun things i still want to do with with this do you see 
either of these or is there one in the future that becomes sort of like the flagship of the brand and or do you just see it being the brand is the brand and there's a bunch of different flavors i actually see the brand as a lifestyle brand so it's okay. not even drinks it could be a gym it could be a hotel it could be a million different things but i see these as being the flagship because they're just the they started it and just like the the colors i feel like they're that's why I was like, oh, where do I go with these wines? Um, and that's when I was like, oh, sake, like push it out of wine, right. but still keep it in wine for a bit and then bring it back to something different. And so did you know you always wanted to add flavors to wa- the wine? Because, I mean, we're seeing a lot of wine yeah. seltzer. Some people are just doing it with seltzer or one. Was that always something where you're yeah. like? No, I never understand that. I think you have to. As soon as, as, soon as you add sparkling water, you have to add flavors that would be missing from the mm-hmm. wine to create some kind of palette. Ben is big on that, having a beginning, middle, and an end. Well, I think a lot of brands just add sweetness. Sure. Well, it's very easy. Sugar is the big drug that no we one talks sugar. about in America. <laughs> well, it's just that they put it in stuff that's like dried mango with sugar. It's like, but it's so sweet. <laughs> it's basically sugar yeah. at that point. Like, why do you need more sugar? You know, no uh, roasted nuts with sugar. It's like that. Uh, I was very confused. Yeah, no, we do. It's a problem. But it's fine. I know some people like sweet things. I, I think when you're pairing stuff with food, it's hard for it to be sweet. Sure. Because it kills mm-hmm. it. I think it's almost like I feel like these want you to have food, and then you have more of these, and the flavors change, and that was that's more interesting to me. The, the idea of just pairing in general is more interesting in life than just, uh, than just a, a one perspective consuming of something, you know? Mm-hmm. I want it to be more than that. That creates an experience to me. So it became a big thing. We talk about a lot on our Instagram, but just like pairing, mm-hmm. the pairings, life's pairings by Albert Hammond Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the podcast started. So how how has it been balancing this with you know your? Oh, I'm having a nervous there. breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're wondering. Yeah, yeah. sorry to laugh. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's a fine. Lot. It's a lot. You're laughing at my my slow de- destruction and demise. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I mean, to be so involved. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Of course. It's hard not to. I'm an emotional person, so it's hard not to be involved. And maybe I realized too emotional for business because I when I go up and down as a roller coaster of a startup, like mm-hmm. what's going to happen next? Oh my god, we're gonna. We're gonna make it. Like we're not gonna survive. <laughs> I like fall with it, so it's yeah, it's very hard. And then all, and then yeah. going and focusing on on music. There are two different. I mean, they're very similar, but I, they're both so exhausting in themselves that I'm not complaining about it because it's it's I I love it, but it's just it is. I can't. It'd be weird to fake and be like, no, it's. It's everything. It's so easy. I'm balancing this great. Well, it's not. It's not. It's not easy. And I think that's what happens. Is I fall in love with things, and thank God, I'm blinded to the <laughs> stuff around it. If not, I wouldn't do anything. Right. I'd be like, ah, oh, but then that's going to be hard there, and then that's going to be hard. Like, oh, never mind. Yeah. Did yeah. anyone caution you against like getting into this the drink space at all? Yeah, but that's my whole life. Everybody cautioned me to even play music. You know? Are you sure? Back up. I was just like, I was like, I mean, I get it. It makes sense. Everyone always says the same thing. I find it funny. Be like, oh, that's a hard 
the drink business it's a hard business to get into as opposed to another business that's really easy to get into like yeah what business is easy to get into like oh just you know be a photographer that's that's easier <laughs> i just I, I i don't get it every to do anything good is hard and to make it is even harder you can do something great and fail so anything is really hard to do so what's at that point what's the difference well, Albert, thank you so much for joining us thank and for sharing. You. With thank us. you. This has really, been so really great. Delicious. Yeah, thank these are awesome. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Can't yeah. wait to see what's next. I know. I know, me too. Well, that was quite a fun interview. He, he's so cool. Yeah, someone's a huge Shrugs yeah, fan. I, I really enjoyed that. He's super cool. Now for something totally different. <laughs> so well, that's I, totally totally different we, we hope you all uh, you listeners out there in listener land have enjoyed the, the conversation about wine seltzers because that's where we're going to leave you um we tasted one with albert we don't we're not going to taste another one to end our friday episode instead lots of you which has been amazing have been emailing recently with your reactions to the show again the emails podcast at buyandpair.com and many 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 of you wrote when we tasted Lone River and said, you guys need to taste a real ranch water. (laughs) You're huge ranch water fans, that it's your go-to drink. I love that. Um, And that you really, we really need to taste a true one. So uh, I happen to be at Hacienda Patron. So they Mm -hmm. made one for me. Um, One and a half ounces of Blanco tequila, Topo Chico, three fourths uh, ounces of fresh squeezed lime juice, uh, in a Collins glass. That is their ranch water. Uh, you guys have ranch waters as well, right? What did you, what do you have? I have a Patron ranch water as well. Cause I thought, you know, I can't be there, so I might as well try, try to yeah. evoke it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of eyeballed it, you know, one, I think it was one. <laughs> That's kind of what I like <laughs> one, about it. One, yeah. I think that is the beauty of a ranch water. Also, you don't have to ask us twice to make real ranch waters um, and record ourselves drinking them. They're a very delicious drink, I think. Um, so, yeah, I think one and a half ounces of um, Blanco tequila, um, half a lime squeeze, <laughs> and then Topo Chico on top. Um, I've got a double old-fashioned glass here. Nice. Zach? I went, uh, I think, most most authentic. Mine is in the Topo yeah. Chico bottle. Nice. Uh, I drank a little bit of it and then added. I went two full ounces of tequila because, fuck it, it's Friday. What tequila do you use? The Patron Blanco, or silver cool. as well. Silver, silver, silver. And then yeah. also half a lime. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, yeah. Let's try Let's them. do this. Mine's like half gone already. Sorry. <laughs> so sorry to say I've been drinking. In one drink? It's so good. <laughs> it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's nothing to not like here unless you don't like tequila, in which case, right. like, why are you even bothering? I mean, what makes it such a great drink is because of the tequila, it gives it this, like, I don't want to say instant feeling of summer, but that to me, that kind of is what it does, right? It's just yeah, like tequila plus lime for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. just like super refreshing. Um, you know, it, I like drinking sparkling water with lime or lemon usually as well. So that, you mm-hmm. know, you kind of are your game that, and then the Blanco just kind of is playing into all the flavors, not all the flavors, right? Let's be clear. As Zach has said, it's, it's very simple drink, mm-hmm. um, but playing with the flavors uh, and just not at all what any of these canned ranch waters are doing. Well, I think that's because the Lone River didn't have the tequila. And yeah. that's like, it's such an important part of this drink. 
well, ha- didn't have tequila and had malt. And I think to come back to the, the when we we're talking about this at the front of the episode with the with seltzers in general, like the thing that I don't find in any malt based seltzer is they're not refreshing to me. They're oh. they're almost fatiguing to drink, and that's the aftertaste of of malt liquor generally to me. And here, what I think is really kind of fun is like I for, this is the first time I've done this uh, with it actually like in the Topo Chico bottle. And so what's interesting to me about this is that like you actually I was worried that and granted I did use two ounces of tequila so maybe more than you guys but I was worrying that the drink would taste too dilute like it would just be you know you get like a little hint of tequila in there but actually at least in this formulation which is probably like I don't know nine ounces of of mineral water which is a lot of of not alcohol yeah yeah uh, to be fair plus you know half half ounce ish of lime juice there's still a lot of tequila flavor here without it being over the top and i i really appreciate that it, like i agree it's it's summery it's refreshing but it's not so watered down that it kind of is like oh yeah i guess there's a little booze in there like you still feel like you're drinking a drink i mean it's like the best beach drink right like you can just buy you can buy a, a six pack of topo chicos you know go to the beach bring some lot there's some pre-sliced limes pop a topo, topo chico cold out of the cooler add some tequila to it some lime and just sit there and stay pretty well hydrated while you also (laughs) have a little bit of a buzz and sit and listen to the waves like it's it's a really great beach drink for sure i think it's like gonna be my new one and yet like what's so confusing and confounding to me about this is that like even with the topo chico brand heart seltzer which we haven't tried on the podcast but i know is made not with tequila it's like how hard would it be to just put all that in the bottle and have it be just like this. And then you don't even have to bring a bottle of tequila to the beach. It seems <laughs> completely confusing to me that, and we'll see as, as time passes, whether the uh, malt based uh, ranch can't ranch waters actually succeed. But like, it just seems baffling to me that like this drink is so uh, beautiful in its purity and simplicity that like something that does not deliver this. It's like, why would I bother? Is my, it, that's just my take. I don't know. No, I agree. Maybe it must it must have been something with the formulation, right? Like they just couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's a cost thing. And cost, it's got to be a cost thing, right? It's managing costs. Yeah, and or like you know, Coca Cola doesn't own a tequila distillery, so it's kind of like where are they getting tequila from, etc. Well, this was at least as far as I know. Maybe they do own one. They own. Tell us other wonderful drinks that we should drink, guys. Yeah, yes, if, if you have other drinks you want to drink on the podcast, shoot us a note, podcast.vinepair.com. We're happy to try what you suggest. If you want to send us stuff, you just got to be willing to send both to New York and Seattle. Let us know. <laughs> uh, we'll give them a try on the pod. And uh, I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Talk to you Monday. Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast. If you love this show as much as we love making it, then please leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. Vine Pair is produced and recorded in New York City and Seattle, Washington by myself and Zach Jabal, who does all the editing and loves to get the credit. Also, I would love to give a special shout out to my Vine Pair co-founder, Josh Mallon, for helping me make all this possible. And also to Keith Beavers, Vine Pair Tastings Director, who is additionally a producer on this show. I also want to, of course, thank every other member of the Vine Pair team who are instrumental in all of the ideas that go into making this show every week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again.